following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. 
I'm Ray Greenlee from the National Prayer Chapel. This may be one of the most startling broadcasts you have ever heard. It's going to be raw and straight and honest, unvarnished. I want you to know what I've been shown. I've been a pastor for many years. I've pastored in mega churches and in small churches. I've gone to countless camp meetings, conventions, and pastors' meetings. I have been a full-time pastor for many years. And I want to tell you, the experience I come away with is that the church in America is dying. And we are dying because we do not have the powerful presence of the Holy Spirit. I remember going to my pastor, David Wilkerson, calling him on the telephone and saying, Pastor, Brother David, can I come to New York City to Times Square Church? Would you pray with me for the presence and power, the anointing of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit? And he said, No. No, Ray, I can't do that because I have not yet received that myself. But he went on and he said, it's necessary for you to simply go out in the anointing you have and be obedient to the commands of God. I have done that. But I am dying without the power of the Holy Spirit. I can go no further without that anointing. It will make all the difference for the church. Human energy, human effort, they all have their place. But bottom line, Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. He meant that. We cannot bear fruit for the kingdom of God without the full power and presence of the Holy Spirit. And dare I say that most of you listening have lived your life to this point, struggling with sin, sometimes overcoming and sometimes not. I dare say most of the time, not. We need the Holy Spirit. I want to show you some things in the scripture. We find in the book of Luke the the story of the gospel of Jesus. It's being told by the physician, Dr. Luke, and he's writing to a Gentile, Theophilus, and he is trying to give him an honest perspective on what has actually happened with Jesus Christ and with the disciples. Now, in the last chapter of the book of Luke, he begins to tell the final hours of Jesus' time on earth. He tells us that Jesus was with the disciples for some 40 days, speaking to them about the gospel, about the work of the kingdom of heaven. We're told that he opened their understanding that they could read the scriptures and understand. 
Let's stop now and let's pray. And let's ask the Holy Spirit to open your mind to understand what's going to be shared with you. If you understand it, it will be life-changing for you. Almighty God, I come today by faith asking that you would open our minds, that you would give us understanding, that you would show us our dying state and put a great hunger in our hearts for the fullness of the Holy Spirit, for he is not optional. He is an absolute requirement where we simply walk in the flesh and accomplish just about nothing. Lord, would you come now by the power of your Spirit and open our minds that we might understand and know how to pray. Thank you, Jesus. I pray in your name. Amen. Luke, the 24th chapter, beginning with verse 46. And said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer, to rise from the dead the third day. Pardon me. That repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name, among all nations, beginning in Jerusalem. I have obeyed the word of the Lord. I have come to you day after day, and I have preached to you repentance of all sin. I have also preached to you remission of sins. That word remission in the Greek is aphemy, and literally it means to remove. And so I have come preaching day after day, repent, For the kingdom of God is at hand. That was the same message that Jesus preached in the beginning of Matthew and Mark. He preached, repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And then secondly, I have come preaching the removal of all sin from your life. Not just forgiveness, but complete removal of both known sin and the inbred sin of the old man, the old nature. Both must be removed. And Jesus said we should preach repentance and the remission or the removal of all sin, known and unknown, to be cleansed. I have been faithful in doing that. He said... This message of repentance and removal of sin should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning in Jerusalem. In verse 49, he says, And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. And he led them out as far as Bethany, He lifted up his hands, and he blessed them. And it came to pass, while he blessed them, he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. 
Luke finishes there in the book of Luke and then begins in the Acts of the Apostles with a brief review of what he has just shared. And he's writing this again to Theophilus that he might know what Jesus had done and what he had taught. Until the day in which he was taken up, after that, he through the Holy Ghost, ghost meaning guest, holy guest, holy spirit, had given commands that the apostles, whom he had chosen, to whom he also showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Again, kingdom of God is not a geographic area. It is the divine authority of God that begins to rule over a man's heart and life. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Now in verse 8 he says, But ye shall receive power. After that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me in both Jerusalem and all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And when he spake these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. Now they returned to Jerusalem. And when they came in, they went up into the inner room, the upper room, where abode Peter and James and John, the disciples. They were staying there 24-7. They all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brethren. There were about 120 of them, the scriptures say in verse 15. Now, I want to ask you a question. How many days do you think they would have stayed in that upper room if the Holy Spirit had not come in awesome power. Peter was a married man. He had a wife and a home and a fishing business. James and John likewise had a fishing business. The other disciples also from Galilee, all of them were from Galilee, not from Jerusalem. They were far from home. They were limited in their resources. Remember, Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give unto you. To the crippled beggar at the gate beautiful going into the temple. They were short on funds. They did not have money to survive long in Jerusalem. The money ran out. How long do you think they would have remained in Jerusalem and not gone back to their fishing boats and been responsible to care for their families, 
I want to suggest to you that they would have not stayed there all that long waiting if the Holy Spirit had not come. Now, we know he came, but please consider that they had not received the Holy Spirit. They are faced with the financial concerns that every man and woman is faced with. They must be responsible for their families. And so now they are told to wait in Jerusalem. They're waiting. They're praying. Do you understand there would be no church today if the Holy Spirit had not come in power? They would have gone back home. And they would have talked with one another as they were fishing, and they would have said, you know, what did Jesus mean when he said he was going to send the Holy Spirit in power? What did he mean? We don't understand. What did he mean? And they would have puzzled. And there would have been no church. They would not have organized a group of people and called them together and and begun to teach them the gospel of Jesus Christ if the Holy Spirit had not come upon them. How could they have? It would have been the story of a lifetime. We were with this man, Jesus. Three years we followed him. And then he said to wait on him, and we waited, but nothing happened. And so we finally had to say, okay, we've got to take care of business. And so we've come back to our fishing boats. We continue to pray. We continue to read the scriptures. We believe he was God. But what can we do? He's gone. He left us. We're orphans. He said he would not leave us as orphans, but here we are. We're orphans. Please understand, there would have been no Christian church. There would have been nothing. Jesus would have been considered as a great man who did wonderful things. And then he left. And the disciples had to go back and take care of business. Because they had no money, they couldn't survive. They were limited. There was a limited window in which they could survive. Now, please, I'm in that same position today. I can survive for a limited time without the power of the Holy Spirit. I come and I preach remission of sin. I preach repentance. But if the Holy Spirit does not come in power for the National Prayer Chapel, for the mission we've been called to of revival, what is revival? Preaching what Jesus said to preach, repentance, and the removal of all sin, and coming back and becoming holy and pious people. And if there's no response to this message, 
I will not long be on this radio broadcast, for I'll have to go back and take care of business. I'll have to find a way to support myself. I'll have to find a way to pay the rent, buy food. And so now I'm faced with the same reality because I have finally concluded that I will no longer do ministry without the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Without an endowment from heaven that brings conviction of sin, that turns hearts. How many years have you been listening to this broadcast? Some of you for many years. And you've profited in your spiritual life. But most of you have still not left all of your sin. Most of you have bought the lie that it's a gradual process of growing out of your sin. Please hear me. You will never grow out of your sin. You have to be converted. You have to be changed by the power of the Holy Spirit. And some of you have confessed to me, Pastor, we've heard you. We, are, we have put away all sin. We're not walking in any sin. But yet you have not received the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And so you have not won anyone to Jesus Christ. How long do you think you can live that way in Jesus? You can live that way only for a limited amount of time. Without the Holy Spirit in the modern church, we will die. The church has been utterly destroyed in Europe. The church is being turned into a mosque all over France. There's barely a Christian church left in France. It is desperate what is happening to the culture of the Western world. Once so filled with the presence of the Holy Spirit, once so filled with godliness and obedience and piety. And the same thing is happening in America. Hindu temples are springing up across the land. Buddhists gather to worship. Muslims gather by the hundreds of thousands across America. I drive by a mosque every day. And when they're holding their services, there are police out front directing traffic. They come in hordes of people. Whole neighborhoods have become Muslim. Am I anti-Muslim? Of course not. But they are pagan. They are not Christian. They worship a God who is not the God of heaven. The church is being destroyed in America because we have not taken the time to cry out for the Holy Spirit. Instead, when the Holy Spirit did not come, we began to impose church growth measures We brought in the world's music. We brought in the hip-hop. We brought in the rock and roll. We brought in the skits and the plays, the entertainment. 
we cancel prayer meetings. I know one mega church. I was speaking with one of the members, and I said, do you have an active prayer time as a church? He said, oh, no, that was canceled a year ago. We don't have prayer meetings anymore. Nobody would attend. That's a sign of a dying church. A church that won't pray won't survive. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? We are dying without the Holy Spirit. There would be no church today if the Holy Spirit had not come in Pentecost power. Now we have the church as an institution, as a social organization. And if people get mad, they can just walk away. It's a social organization. So the pastor has to keep the people happy. Can't preach straight, honest messages. One church, 12 to 15 minutes, and if the preacher's not done, we're going to let him hear from us. We're in trouble. Do you understand? We're in trouble. Without the Holy Spirit, we're going to die as a church in America. So what if Jesus had not come in the power of the Holy Spirit as he promised? What evidence did they have that the Holy Spirit was coming? The only evidence they had was that Jesus promised them he would send the Holy Spirit. That was the only evidence they had. They only had the word of Jesus to stand upon. What evidence do I have that the Holy Spirit will come in power? Only the word of Jesus. The same thing the disciples had. The Holy Spirit has been grieved from our land. He's been grieved from our churches. He has departed from us. Religion continues to rock and roll. But there's no power. There's no awe of God. There's no holiness. There's no piety. The church is like the world today. I listened to a man pray today with another man. He was saying the right words, but they were rote words. There was no convicting power in his words. And he ended his prayer by saying, In Christ's name, amen. What? Where are the tears? Where's the earnestness? Where's the holiness? Where's the piety? It's gone from us. We have only the promise of Jesus that he would send the Holy Spirit just as the apostles did. And I'm in a place now where I know 
that I will not continue doing church. I will not continue this broadcast much longer without the endowment of power from the Holy Spirit. I'm doing this broadcast only in obedience to Jesus. The response is very small in America. It's much larger in other parts of the world, but it's very small in America. And one dear brother who who gives 1500 to $2,000 a month to help pay for this radio broadcast said to me, Pastor, there's something wrong. I said, tell me more. He said, where are the Christians who hear your messages and step forward and say, I want to sacrifice and help make this broadcast go to FM. I want to step forward and, and help pay for this broadcast. I'm being convicted of my sin. I said, you're right. Where are the Christians? Where are those who earnestly desire Jesus? We're in trouble. I'm tired of fighting for the money for this broadcast month after month. I should not have to do that. There should be an outpouring of generosity from God's people who say this message has to go not just in Washington, D.C. It has to go across our nation because we're in trouble. The church is dying. Where are those men and women who will sacrifice and step forward and say this has to go forward? It's time. It's time, my brothers, my sisters, to get serious about Jesus and recognize that without the Holy Spirit, Our religion is dead, dead, dead. And we are dead. So what will you do? Do you want a revival of godliness in this nation? Then you're going to have to support those works of ministry that are crying out for the Holy Spirit and who are being honest with you about what is necessary for a change in America. And I want to tell you the first thing that's necessary for a change in America is for those of us who proclaim the gospel to be endued with power. Please, my brother, my sister, would you pray for me? I thank those of you who pray every day for me. I'm so grateful for you. But please, would you pour your hearts out for me in prayer that Jesus will send his Holy Spirit in power. I've given my life for the gospel of Jesus. But I have no ability to make it effective. Only the Holy Spirit can do that. Now, please don't call or write to me and say, Oh, Pastor, be encouraged. No, don't don't patronize me. The church is dying because we do not have the Holy Spirit in power. I'm not going to cover that up. I am every hour spending my time crying out, for the Holy Spirit. Even as the disciples did, 120 of them, for 10 days, 
Do you understand what the first church was? The first church was a prayer meeting. The first church was a group of people who had faith that Jesus meant what he said when he said, I will not leave you as orphans. I will send my Holy Spirit to you. They stood on that promise, and God sent the Holy Spirit to them. We must come together, and we must pray, and the Holy Spirit will come. God does not change. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. We are the ones who must change. I read to you the book of John, the 15th chapter. Jesus said to his disciples, I am the vine, and you are the branches. The one remaining in union with me, and I with him. This one bears much fruit, because apart from me, you are not able to do anything. Apart from him, we can do nothing. And the church is doing nothing except creating programs, but not saving sinners, not having sinners made holy. One dear man who has just come to Jesus. I talked by phone with him this morning. And he said to me, This walk is so difficult, Pastor. I said, Yes, it is, unless you're dead. What do you mean? You've not yet surrendered everything to Jesus. And so you want, to, you want to do things that are of the flesh and of the world and of the devil. You're going to have to surrender everything to Jesus now. This is not a growing out of your sin. This is a confession. This is what I'm doing. I'm sorry, Jesus. Change me. Listen. John 16. Verse 7, and yet, I tell you the truth, it is better for you that I may go away. For if I may not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I may go, I will send him to you. And that one, after coming, will convict the world concerning sin, and concerning righteousness, and concerning judgment. That's the work of the Holy Spirit not some woo-woo, not some magic dust of gold falling from the ceiling, not some fillings being turned to gold. That's all a false spirit. It's not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not the happy spirit. He is a spirit who comes convicting of sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin because they do not believe in me. He comes, number one, to convict of unbelief. Concerning righteousness because I go away to my Father and you see me no longer. And concerning judgment because the ruler of this world has been judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you're not able to bear them now. But when the one may come the spirit of the truth he will guide you into all truth 
for he will not speak about himself, but he will speak whatever he may hear, and he will declare the coming things to you. He will glorify Jesus. That's how you know the true spirit from the false spirit. The false spirit glorifies the flesh and satisfies the flesh. The true spirit comes and he glorifies Jesus. He said he would not leave us as orphans. I feel like an orphan. And so I'm standing by faith for the coming of the Holy Spirit in power for revival in America. Are you willing to lay aside all entertainment, everything that would sear your mind? Are you willing to accept the removal of all of your sin right now? And are you willing to believe the promise of the Holy Spirit that he will come? The entire future of the National Prayer Chapel and of revival for me is based on the promise of the coming Holy Spirit. I have no game plan. I have no backup plan except the promise of Jesus that he would send the Holy Spirit. The disciples had no backup plan either. But I am absolutely certain that at some point there was some honest discussion between Peter and the others. What if this promised Holy Spirit does not come? How long are we going to wait before we head back to take care of our families? Because we cannot survive here. We will starve to death if Jesus does not fulfill his promise. I also have a short window. I cannot wait forever. I will not forever be on this broadcast if the power and presence of the Holy Spirit is not poured out for revival. Will you pray? Will you ask Jesus to stir your heart to stop just being comfortable with the way things are now? Will you recognize the crisis that the church is in? That we will die in America as a Christian church if there is not a radical change in our life and behavior. If we don't stop playing church and seek the Holy Spirit with all we have, now I've asked, I've asked that 100 of you, 
make a decision. I know that there are more than a thousand listening to this broadcast. I'm asking for just one hundred of you to give one hundred dollars apiece to go on the webpage nationalprayerchapel.com and to contribute one hundred dollars that the first month of FM broadcast could be paid for for Washington, D.C. One person has done that so far. Why? Why? Do you believe that we must have revival? Do you believe that the church is dying? Do you have eyes to see and ears to hear that there must be a radical change in the way we walk with Jesus? Every day I look several times at the web page and I say, Lord, where are your people? I'm preaching the gospel that Jesus taught. I'm teaching the same gospel that John Wesley and Jonathan Edwards and Charles Finney and Maria Woodworth Adder taught. I'm teaching the gospel of immediate conversion, leaving your life of sin, being transformed into the likeness of Jesus, and then going on to sanctification full sanctification, entire sanctification into love. This is the gospel. It is the forgiveness of sins. It is the remission of sins. It is the removal of sins after repentance. I thank those of you who have gone on the webpage and donated for the cost of this month's broadcast. I recognize we're halfway through the month and yet we are far, far short of having what is necessary to pay this month's radio bill. And I'm saying, Lord, how can I survive doing this any longer? I can't. It's going to have to be a change. Do you value this broadcast? If you do, I need you to step forward. And while I say that to you, my whole focus is doing exactly what Jesus asked me to do, to preach repentance and to preach removal of all sin, remission of sin. Now, what are they going to do? They have not been told when the Holy Spirit would come. It's open-ended. They know they cannot survive very long. They know they are out of money. They can't even give the beggar a dime. They know things are difficult. Some of the wealthy women are probably continuing to support them, but they're saying, how long can we do this? This is not sustainable. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, Pentecost is the celebration of the law giving at 
Mount Sinai. And now Jesus is going to transfer them fully and completely from the celebration of the law to the celebration of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will now rule over them. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like of fire, and it sat upon each of them. It's very interesting to me that they were all in one place of one accord. Are you willing to go to one place and be of one accord? If so, I invite you to come to the National Prayer Chapel this evening. We're going to begin praying at 7.30. And we are going to earnestly seek the Holy Spirit. And if there's a cry in your heart for the Holy Spirit, cancel whatever plans you have and come to the All Saints Anglican Church. Let me give you the address. 14851 Gideon Drive. 14851 The program is very simple. Pray the scriptures. And we will be praying Acts chapter 1. And we will be looking for the fullness of the Holy Spirit. If you want to be with us as we pray for the Holy Spirit, then change whatever plans you need to change and come and pray with us. Being of one mind, of one accord, in one place. And we're going to stand by faith for the coming power of the Holy Spirit. I hope you come. Because without the Holy Spirit, the church is going to die in America. It is now dying and almost ready for a shovel of dirt to be thrown on it. It is filled with every kind of worldly wickedness. It's just doing church. The lost are not being saved. Most church members have never won a person to Jesus Christ. I was so gratified one of you who listened to this broadcast went to a wedding and there by testimony, by words in the Spirit, eight people came to Jesus Christ at that wedding. I rejoiced in this precious brother's testimony. Do you have a testimony similar? Most of you have never won one person to Jesus in your life. And yet you call yourself a Christian. So the church is dying. And that means you're dying.
I'm going to pray for the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to do that with a small group of people tonight at the All Saints Anglican Church in Woodbridge, Virginia. I would like to pray with you. I would like to meet you. I would like to come and cry out together for the Holy Spirit. Now, because the Holy Spirit came and brought his fire, John the Baptist said Jesus would baptize with fire. He now came and baptized them with fire. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Why was that important? Because there were many non-Jews from every land that were in Jerusalem, and they heard the proclamation of Jesus in their own tongue by the power of the Holy Spirit. Peter stood up and preached. And what a sermon he gave. He quoted the book of Joel. And it shall come to pass on the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and the vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before that great and notable day of the Lord shall come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And then he confronted them with exactly what they had done. He said, Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus whom ye crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their hearts. They would not have been pricked in their hearts. They would have been angry had the Holy Spirit presence not been there. But the Holy Spirit was powerful. And they said, unto Peter and the other apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? And Peter said unto them, Repent, and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus, for the remission of sins, aphemy, for the removal of all sin in your life. The, the New Testament church knows nothing of growing slowly out of your sin. It is done instantly. It is done with confession and with tears and under the anointing power of the Holy Spirit. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, for the promise is unto you and your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Has God called you? Then get out of your slow dying and begin to plead with God to send the Holy Spirit to you. If not, you will die and the church will die. I heard a group of men talking together about their church. And they said, the youngest one among us is 62 years of age. 
Our church is going to die if we don't have young people in it. I just listened. Not one of them said anything about praying for the Holy Spirit. It says they gladly received his word and were baptized that same day, and there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. How would you like to have 3,000 people added to your church? That's only possible by the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. We have a nation to save. It's not going to be saved by President Trump. It's not going to be saved with a political answer. It's going to be saved with godly, pious men and women who have had sin removed from their hearts, who have repented honestly, and who have laid down everything and have prayed for the coming power of the Holy Ghost. It's going to be saved by revival, revival of your heart and your life. For without the Holy Spirit, you are dying as a Christian. You've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress. Go to our webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com. I'd love to hear from you. You'll find there our address. What has God called you to give? Stand with me, please, for the Holy Spirit. God bless you. I love you, my brother, my sister. I'll talk to you soon. Jesus Christ, oh.